0: We told you we were going to give it to you, and here it is, our first Throwback Thursday episode.
1: April showers bring May flowers, but they also bring the Grateful Dead.
0: Hello, welcome to the Dramatic Illusion Podcast. We are your hosts, Lorraine. And I'm Amanda. And we're talking about the Grateful Dead. We're talking about deadheads.
1: This April, we're going to talk about counterculture. Yes. In many different realms of it. So how much do you know about The Grateful Dead, Lorraine?
0: Uh I barely anything. Barely anything. Well. My mom. I mean, my mom wasn't really into The Grateful Dead. She was a Beatles fan. So I don't really know a whole lot, honestly, except they're a band.
1: Okay. That's it. Fair enough. <laughs> um my dad was a big hippie of the same era, um, but he has told me Tom and Cameron, I was not a deadhead, I was not a deadhead, and I was like, okay, well, I don't get it, <laughs> and and as you and I have been to the forest many times, the I mean, forest. the whole, uh, for those who don't know, Electric Forest, which is in what, Romulus, Michigan?
0: No, it's in, it's way up there, it's like in Sherwood, or sure Sher something, Sherwood Forest.
1: No, that's in the, that, it's in Romulus, Michigan, though, right? Like,
0: no, Romulus is, no. Why do it's, feel further, like it's... it's up further than Romulus. I was like, why do I feel
1: like it's... Regardless, there's a music festival that's a, a beautiful, beautiful place um, called Electric Forest in Michigan. But their whole... The whole basis of that festival has to do with, like, the hippie culture. It's a very much a hippie fest. It's very much, a, you know, the jam bands. Uh,
0: oh, the string cheese
1: incident. The string incident. cheese incident. Uh, <laughs> but it's
0: very...
1: it's It's very well connected to the deadhead culture of like the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. very early 80s depending on you know the age group of it
0: traveling with the band
1: traveling with the band yeah That's, absolutely yep. um so I didn't know too much about it until I really started to look into it and realize what kind of rabbit hole it really is oh, which right. I we love. love a good rabbit. I hole. love a rabbit hole yes so I'm just gonna start out with you know, some quotes and then some backstory, and then we're just going to get into it.
0: Okay, let's dive in.
1: All right, one of the most famous quotes from one of the albums is, if you get confused, just listen to the music play, and then you'll love what you see, but make sure you see it through. Oh. Okay, right?
0: I'm in. I'm i mean doing it's,
1: it. Okay, it's like, all right, well, that begs a, a few questions, but <laughs> uh, whatever, I'm... Maybe what you just said is confusing as fuck, but okay, I'm ready. I'm here for it. Let's, you know, <laughs> right. what kind of Alice in Wonderland shit are we going to get into? I'm ready. All right. So in the 1970s, a number of fans began traveling to see the band um, in the many shows and festival venues that they could. They they went to all the fests and all the, the venues that they could. Um, they didn't really have a lot of whole, a whole lot of money. They just kind of. Found a group of friends at Fest, and and we're both festival goers, so, you know.
0: Oh, festy friends. Yeah, you know, yes. and, and
1: nowadays they have, like, Facebook groups for these festy friends. Well, you know, in yep. the 70s, 80s, they did not have that, so it was kind of like a whole word of mouth thing. There was, it, it started off small and then just, you know grew of these it, it started off as like you know hey four people from our high school we're gonna go travel and see this we're band get and,
0: into my mom's van man right and
1: go go check this <laughs> out because this music is is so life-changing and then it became buses and then it became slews of buses and then it was just right, a, a whole caravan oh right a whole caravan but the Deadheads were a critical way for us to really understand, like, the cult- like the counterculture of the 60s. That's when it started. The band's music was really, really different from a lot of the other musical interests of the time, I guess. Like, you said that your mom was a big Beatles fan. Yep. So the Dead took a little bit different outlook on their music. It wasn't so... I mean, but that was British culture. Brit- the Beatles were br- British, the Brit- and they were very... Um, they were... Ugh, I could get chastised for saying this but they were almost like the boy bands of the era. They
0: were at you first. You know?
1: Yeah. They were at first. They were they were the good-looking ones, the ones that like I really don't want to compare them to like Backstreet Boys and NSync because I feel like their they music
0: They were for the 60s though. They
1: were, but I feel like their music was more had more depth than that, you know <laughs> oh, what I mean? I
0: mean, but music had more depth than that in general. Also, yeah, very yeah, true. Yeah, not like today.
1: <laughs> um so that was kind of like, you know, where people were were striving to be at that point. But also the 60s The sixties were a whole time of counterculture. They were like, you know, we're going to stand against the man. We're going to do things differently. We're not going to fit into the box of everything that the 50s brought upon with, you know, the wars and the just, the working class and the, the structure. I mean, the structure was just so tight-knit when it came from, like, fashion and the people and the the era that you were brought up in. Like, everything was so, like straight laced and tight and tight like it's a proven fact that like you couldn't even be a banker you couldn't do anything business wise unless you walked into that building with a three piece suit, suit and a hat mm-hmm. and a hat had to have a hat mm-hmm. um then all of a sudden these same people were sending their young out to be in war they were being drafted it was a whole Huge shift in the culture.
0: Right.
1: Huge shift to where then these people are like seeing their, you know, fellow classmates, their friends, their loved ones being killed off in this this war that they were being forced to do. It's like, man, we're really sick of being forced into doing shit. Right. You know, we're dying out here. Still Um, Everybody (laughs) hates everybody. This is, you know, and there was a whole counterculture of free love and we're going to do what we want and fuck the man and whatever, you know. It was just it was the hugest thing with with fashion. It was the hugest thing with like within music, everything. It was just big, big changes. It was huge, monumental. It it literally started the whole counterculture thing. I mean, aside from like the 20s and the flappers, which was
0: a whole other beast. I mean, that you my favorite.
1: Right. um,
0: I love a good flapper.
1: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I mean, the speakeasies and that. I mean, we're, we're definitely here for that. But so good. But this counterculture, this difference, what the whole hippie culture was... Right, peace
0: and love, man.
1: It was just... It, it took that and put it on steroids and ran it even more gigantic. Yes. And, and this whole deadhead culture started in the 60s, and it was long-running. It went into the 80s. It went into almost the early 90s. But there was a lot of negativity connected to them. Like, yes, their music was a certain way, and it was a certain... It, it, fled into the counterculture but it also brought upon a lot of drug culture they i mean they're very fueled by drugs but it all brought upon with the drugs it brought in the hell's angels were a big uh contributor to the whole culture oh wow yeah um yeah jerry garcia was actually a member of the hell's angels and
0: really yeah so he Mm.
1: the hell's angels were always very much a part of the first part of their shows and, and things like that, the protection, whatever the affiliations right. were. Yep. I, I have not dug deep into these, but I know that the official, the affiliations were very thick and they were there and it's not ever denied in any history type thing.
0: Right, yeah.
1: So it made me wonder, like, why do people want... Because Okay, so I've, you and I have both been to many, many shows. We, we have yeah. artists that we love. Sure do. Um, throwback... <laughs> How many times have you seen Zed?
0: Oh, a, z- a zillion.
1: Right. So I mean, <laughs> so what did you like about Zed and his shows? Did you feel like it was the same set every single time? Like you loved reliving that? Like go- tell us about that.
0: Um, I really enjoyed how, like it was it was kind of the same, but it was different because it kind of it brought you closer to people that were enjoying the same thing. So okay. it was like, yeah we're all here to see the same artist because we really appreciate it, but it was more like the feeling that you got when everyone sang the same music and all the visuals and uh, I you know I'm not a big drug user, but hey, you do some drugs, you drink some alcohol, and you feel some feels, and then it really gets elevated from there, so I can see where you're going
1: okay so that that <laughs> literally is deadhead culture that yep. that is it um, but the thing with like the Grateful Dead was. What people, like, they wanted to make everything completely different. So they never played the same set more than three times, ever. And they were doing shows three, like, minimum three times a night. So the whole, you know, caravan of people that were following the shows were literally following the shows to feel exactly what you you described. And then also they knew they were going to see something different. That's awesome. What was really cool about their backdrops and like their, their visuals and their pictures or whatever, it was never the same mm. because they would have somebody different run it. Oh, wow. At every single show. Exhausting. So, <laughs> very exhausting, but it was um, that, that, that was what they did, you know? That was, right. that was their whole it's shtick.
0: Like shock value. Like, wow, I didn't see that before two days ago.
1: Right. Yeah. Th- there was never the same show. And, you know, with running two, three shows a night, not ever having the same set, they never did the same set in the same city ever. Oh, right. And
0: so. So if you're in the same city and you're not traveling, you could see something different.
1: Absolutely. That's smart. Take but, notes, y'all. But people connected <laughs> this to a type of magic because no other people were doing this tour. were doing this type of shit. You know, no other people no. were having this type of magic at the show. And, and there's. Many, many people talking about the shows that they used to go to and say, you know, hey, it was my birthday and I had no money and I just showed up at the venue. And then I raised my hand, I'm asking scalpers and, you know, all of a sudden I got free tickets or there was one time when, you know, my boyfriend left me at the at, you know, the gas station four miles from the the venue and told me to fuck off and I was just standing there upset. And then somebody walked in and said, hey, we got an extra seat on our bus. Come on. And so they connected all these like
0: universal
1: things to the dead. And the dead had magic. And it was magic connected around their show. So people. Right. Fate in the universe. I mean, people, they wanted something in that era that. They were seeing all their friends, you know, go off to war, their family, people getting killed. It was such a really emotional era that they're seeing some sort of happiness some or kindness. something to grasp to, mm-hmm. you know, and they're they're connecting it to magic. Well, this is, you know, the universe is giving us this gift and it's free love. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's all right. the big culture. It's all a culture. Yeah. But it was very empowering for the band. And, and the band was just they were there for it. They're like, OK, cool, we'll do yeah, this.
0: The, the polka. Group.
1: Um <laughs> Lots of people that were, you know, big Deadhead fans, they they say they had the X factor. The X factor mm-hmm. um comes up with them a lot. Yeah. It, they say that they had an intangible element that elevated just their entire being when they were at a show. I mean, and I, feel, I, I get that. I've been to shows where, like, it's been, you know, otherworldly. And I mean, I'm not a big drug user either. Uh-uh. But just being there and being with live music and people around you, just like you said, that are engulfed in the same thing that you love it it's a different experience it is a different it's,
0: experience than just sitting in a seat and watching your favorite band play a few songs it's like a whole other like out of body almost yeah absolutely
1: yeah. absolutely and I get
0: it yeah,
1: there is a definite magic to people that can experience music that way, especially like in a live setting. Right. So I have a few quotes from Deadheads mm-hmm. that were um these were people were that I listened to some interviews and oh. these are actual quotes. Here we um, go. Yeah, they're real different. So <laughs> um, and if I fumble over the words, I apologize because I'm not shooting from the hip. I'm reading direct quotes. So one of them said Deadhead shows were sacrament rich and blissful. There were transcendent musical moments that moved the body and enriched the soul. Another one was uh, drummer Mickey Hart was quoted that the Grateful Dead weren't in the music business. They were in the transportation business, the transportation (laughs) of souls.
0: Oh, shit. Okay. Okay.
1: And then the third one is the band was a medium that facilitated experiencing other planes of consciousness and tapping into the deep spiritual wells that we have between us
0: man that so, is intense
1: yes they're feeling the,
0: some sort of way yeah
1: the intensity <laughs> yeah. that surrounded themselves like with this band and like the whole culture of it was
0: we got to talk to some string cheesers yeah absolutely well, how they feel because i bet they feel the same way absolutely anybody out there listen to the string cheese incident i know my brother listens to that sometimes but
1: Hell, everybody we saw the the cheese, the cheese, everybody's about the cheese. So right.
0: it's just like cheese deli stickers all over the venue. <laughs> oh my like, goodness. What the yeah. fuck is this?
1: Right. <laughs> um so after you know diving a little deeper into this rabbit hole, I'm like, okay, well, you know, I wanna see like what made the dead so different than everybody else.
0: Yeah.
1: Well uh, um, inquiring
0: minds wanna know. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So the dead they, they treated their fans as equals. Mm. That was a big thing. They, they never produced the same shit over and over again. And they never, if somebody said, you know, hey, you know, I'm feeling this, they brought them up there. They let them be a part of it because they felt that music is what makes the world go round, and art is, you know, what makes people happy. So I get that. I feel <laughs> you that. Get yeah, for sure. for sure. And I love that. Right. However, with all good things must come, you know, another. Another end of it. So the, the band other was side of
0: the coin. Here we so go.
1: The band, right? The the band was also deeply entangled with with acid, LSD, you know, hallucinogenics. Fun. So then it makes you look back and circle back to the quotes, and it's like, okay, you know, we're. I
0: get it. You're otherworldly.
1: Right. But they so a lot of the the drug culture that came along with the deadheads also was their, you know, bridge to like the Hells Angels and things like that. Right. You know, I mean, that's where for whatever reason that they were all entangled. I'm not saying anything about the Hells Angels. I I don't know anything about them. So I'm not being not I'm not being a certain way. I'm just going by the research that I did and and what people have said. You don't need to, you know chastise me on social media i already know that don't
0: I'm, don't report me right Who the hell's angels don't don't <laughs>
1: right don't don't uh cancel culture me because i already am admitting that i don't know everything about this i'm just starting a conversation <laughs> <laughs> but you know i mean anybody that knows anything about it like hallucinogenics they know that these type of drugs are made to take you out of your you know element your element and be otherworldly and bring you to another Right. Realm of consciousness that you're trying to block off or or whatever, right. you know,
0: floating off into space somewhere.
1: So when you know you you have these people that all they want to do is you know be in a love culture and be you know happy happy lucky people, and they throw entanglements with drugs or whatever. There's gonna be some foul play. There
0: oh for sure. They're definitely yes. Oh for
1: sure. Okay, so. <laughs> With that foul play, you know that's when people started thinking of like the Grateful Dead, which is like love, community, peace, oh and drugs drugs oh, yeah, and drugs, drugs are heavy <clears throat> in that in that group for sure, but when you think of the Grateful Dead, does your mind automatically go to like murder and crime
0: i mean not not immediately, but
1: you have to admit there's like a level of vulnerability when it comes to like drugs and and things like that. And drug
0: related crimes right. or whatever.
1: So, unfortunately, with this community that was fueled by love, it also made them kind of vulnerable to be victim of like a wolf in sheep's clothing because people come up to you and be like, hey, bro, like, hey, peace, love, whatever. Also, take this. And Lord knows what, you know, realm you're going to fall down into. <laughs> You know, great. So also with this this time period and everything, it brought in like many fans were talking about like hitchhikers and they were just super cool to jump in somebody else's car and hop into a van and, you know, go party tent to tent. And it was just, you know, everybody was a big community. Well, that's not being a deadhead was being about like living outside of the like outside of society and just being your own little. You know, right. Ugh.
0: Your own little entity, just right. You know, going from place to place, just getting in whoever's car you can. And that's really scary because right. I mean, we know now, stranger danger, obviously, in the 60s, you stick a thumb out and you're gone.
1: Exactly. My I mean, mom
0: hitchhiked a couple of times.
1: I mean, it brings a whole like lawlessness to that whole vagabond culture, right? Like, oh, exactly. So, going with that, there was. Actually, an alarming amount of like cold cases that oh, were yeah. all Grateful Dead, like I believe it, like uh, connected. You know, it that the Grateful Dead was the only like commodity that connected all these these different
0: killings. Well, you're going to shows and you're getting in some stranger's car and then don't ever get to the show, right. or whatever. You get into an eighteen wheeler and some trucker picks you up or whatever. You know, it's nuts. Exactly. Bye. <laughs>
1: So um, I'm going to talk about a couple of different cases, Oh, a couple or five or ten or, you know, two. We don't know.
0: <laughs> all of the cases, all the cases.
1: Now, I do realize these are not all of the cases that are connected, but I'm just no. going to hone in on a few. OK. Um, to where there was absolute f- like facts on them. Oh,
0: so yeah. So the first
1: pr- these are I'm just going to do it in list factor because I think it'll be easier that way.
0: OK. I'm ready. Okay, so. Shoot.
1: Brigitte Williamson, she was 23. She vanished in 1996. Okay. Douglas Simmons, he vanished in 1990. Those two were both vanished um, directly after a show. Mitchell Fred Weiser and Donna Bickwit, they went missing while hitchhiking to a show in 1993. In 1995, an unknown male was found on the side of the highway. Right beside the venue, like right outside the gates of the venue of a Damn. dead show in 2008. Yeah. Still in the early, early aughts here.
0: Damn.
1: Um, a fisherman was um he uncovered a body of a woman who was underneath a box spring of a mattress. What? The cause of death and the identity is still unknown to this day, but she was wearing a Grateful Dead jacket and it had Grateful Dead tickets in her pocket of her jacket.
0: Jeez.
1: Um, A woman was found murdered in the woods of Warren County, New Jersey um, in 1991. Her body was so mutilated and destroyed that the only identifying factor of her was a tiger tattoo that was on her left leg.
0: Oh, I remember that case. Yep. Yep.
1: Um, the tiger tattoo is the same one that uh, Jerry Garcia has on his guitar. Whoops. In 1995, two men were found dead in a Volkswagen crash that only could it be identified as two men that were going to a show. um, And that was later identified by family. Uh, The John Doe in this crash had a jacket on that was a Grateful Dead jacket. And he also had Grateful Dead tickets in his pocket, man. So lots and lots of cases. And that was just, you know, a few, that was just a few to where they at least had connections. Like, Foolproof connections, right? Yeah. Um, there was plenty of them that happened, like on campsites and things like that. Um, but one of the most outrageous cases of Uh-oh. the Deadheads uh, was the Rainbow Village murders. Have you ever heard of that?
0: Mm, maybe.
1: Okay, so Rainbow Village was like, I don't want to say a trailer community, but it was like a meetup trailer community, like a. Oh, fun. Um. It, it was just a bunch of a bunch of deadheads that it
0: was like a campground.
1: Yeah. OK. Yeah, yeah. Like a campground. But it was mostly like buses. Like, you know what I mean? It, it was ah. not like stagnant RVs or things like that that were made to sit there all year. It was like a, you know,
0: it's like a meet and greet parking lot.
1: Right. Right. Basically. OK.
0: Cool. So in 1985,
1: there was a double murder that happened there. Oh. Um, it took place at this. I guess some people even call Rainbow Village like a homeless enclave, but it oh. was it wasn't a homeless enclave. It was literally a place where people went to meet up before a show, Dirty like a show hippies. venue. Yeah, it looked kind of homeless. It was right, exactly. They
0: were not shower professional
1: homeless, you know. <laughs> right. But it's in San Francisco. But it was literally outside the venue where um, the Grateful Dead played all the time. You know, it was it was their little sub community. You know, right. A little subculture, right? Um, but one night post concert, there was a girl named Mary who was twenty two, and her boyfriend Greg Niffen, who was eighteen. They planned to crash at Rainbow Village because they didn't have any money, and right. these were their people, and you know they were excited. This was actually like their first dead show. They were you know real young and Yikes. excited to go out. Uh, a little bit too th-
0: explorative,
1: right? Um, <laughs> they were full disclaimer. This is going to get a little nasty. Apologize. But they were both, uh brutally beaten and shot. Oof! But if you, uh we're gonna quote "Small Town Murder" again. <laughs> no body, no crime, no prince, no crime. You know, yep. all the, all those fun things. All uh, those things. We won't sing it because James Pitagallo does way better than I do, and Jim <laughs> Wisman, If you guys want to sing it, check us out. <laughs> Help us out. But no, no prince, no weapons, no DNA, nothing. It was. Oh.
0: Good, the perfect crime, huh? Right, exactly. A couple of homeless teens, early early 20s, just living it up in their first show, and we're going to...
1: And brutally beaten, and shot, and...
0: And mo- no nothing. motive, no... Nothing. No, yep. nothing. Nothing. Who, they're not robbing them, because the people there don't have anything.
1: Right, which actually comes into play also. Um, right. So, there was a man that was incarcerated, charged everything, like, uh, really... Got the belt for this. His name was Ralph International Thomas. They called him International. Oh, good. Um, he was convicted, sentenced to death for this. Um, oh, wow. For the double murder, yeah. I mean, it was a it was a no fight case. It was a cut and dry. Like that that was who was gonna go. We're done. We found you. You're good. Well, uh, not. We need Delia D'Ambro to come check this out because <laughs> it was all race it was oh yeah he was a black man in the 60s that
0: wrong place wrong
1: Wrong wrong time time. there was literally no dna evidence no anything connected him the only thing was that he just came back from the war and he was pardoned or something went down with the war where he was actually supportive of the war Mm. because he his friends and family did not live to Survived the war, but he did, so he wasn't coming back and saying, "Well, fuck them, fuck the war, this and that." So, the whole Deadhead community was like, "Whoa, you know, we're right,
0: fight the man, and right, you're not fight and- them.
1: right." But he was just thankful for his life, is what exactly. it was. Exactly, I would be. But you know, in that time, the you know, they didn't care. A, a black man in a a white dominated community that is going against what they're saying. I mean, he's the perfect fall guy.
0: Unfortunately, it's it's it's,
1: it's fucking sickening. It's I mean that is nothing less than sickening. Right. So in uh, 2012, unfortunately, uh, international passed away in prison, still awaiting another, still awaiting his trial. His case was overturned.
0: Aww.
1: It was overturned and found out the real killer was still on the loose because of
0: course course he was
1: actually full thanks to um, internet sleuths.
0: Love me a good internet sleuth. Yes,
1: internet sleuths and uh, people that are really investigating this—the uh, whole story. He unfortunately was, you know, he fell victim to systematic racism. It's it's just absolutely disgusting, right? So, headlining like the internet sleuth that found out the truth was somebody you might know, Payne Lindsay.
0: I love Payne Lindsay. Yeah, for those who uh, don't
1: know, um, he actually come did, an, on, he did a whole internet podcast on this called Dead and Gone. Nice. But if you don't know Payne Lindsay, he also is the creator and person of Radio Rental.
0: Radio Rental's so good. If you Payne. don't know Radio
1: Rental, please, please check it out. It's one of our favorites. Um it's actually one of the The podcast that Lorraine introduced me to that got me into podcasts in the first place. It's like, yeah, so great. So good. But he was, uh, P. Lindsay was one of the ones that like this this whole thing didn't sit right with him. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to go do this. this." And he did a lot of research on it and went and dove deep into these uh, Rainbow Village murders. It's really, really intriguing. I'm leaving a lot out here because I hope you guys will go check out that podcast. And no, we're not getting paid by them. I mean, they don't <laughs> even know who the hell we are, but, but right. still. um, But he uncovers, like, players in the game that have a lot more harmful, like, intentions. Oh, you know? yeah.
0: You always do. Always um, do.
1: And also, uh, if you guys don't know, my last name is Bowen. And the person that he pretty, hon- like, hones in on that they find a lot of um like factual evidence about his name is John Bowen or they would like to call him Bo.
0: Ah. Um
1: so you know there's other connections like oh well because you don't hear Bowen very often. So you don't. When you do it's like okay what's going on here <laughs> but no um the whole counterculture of the dead like they preach peace and love and, and their music is a whole a whole thing. But I think with everything good comes you know, something tragic. I, th- I think you need to, b- I, f- I, feel I feel like that. there's balance in every single thing. I feel that. Yeah, and so I just wanted to bring up this, one of these little chapters of counterculture because there is good and bad to it, and I was very interested to find out that there's both because I was very judgmental going into it and thinking like, oh, well, it's drug culture. I'm not into the, I'm not a big psychedelic fan, so,
0: right, and, you know. And all those crimes, too, were in, like, the heyday of the satanic panic.
1: Absolutely. So
0: like, <clears throat> you have a band called the Grateful Dead and they're, they have this whole community r- surrounded by them and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now there's drugs. These dirty hippies are taking over our towns and they're going to dirty and muddy up the place and oh, now there's drugs involved and with drugs there comes crime and of course there's murder and mayhem and it's just a whole thing and they really ran with that. Absolutely, and with, you know, what you were saying about the man that died in prison awaiting trial for something that he didn't commit. I mean, and you'll find if you listen to that podcast, like
1: there was over 20 people that put in statements that said, I, I lived in Rainbow Village. I ran with that community like, you know, I was friends. I have pictures right. of us and it was not him. He was a good Guy. They even said like he did not do drugs. Like, cause then some people, of course, went like, oh, well, he was a drug. Addict. No. They said he was completely sober. You know, the only Ridiculous. altercation he had within the community was with Bo. And it was because ah. Bo had someone that was killed in the war, supposedly I'm doing this with air quotes because this is just what I've heard. I don't, I don't know. You know, Bo had someone that was killed in the war and he came in there and you'll hear this when Bo like actually talks about the whole, his whole experience with it because he's very, very abrasive with his ideas. Um, and he says, yeah, he came in there with, you know, international was talking this and this, and he was pro war and and this, but he wasn't. It was just that he was sent to war. He was at, you know, he was in that and he lived
0: he lived to tell the tale.
1: He, yeah, he lived and to tell the tale. he's thankful that he's there. He's thankful that he's here to tell the tale. It's not that he was thankful that he was, you know, that we were in war. That wasn't it. But nobody took the time to listen because, you know, systematic racism. It's just, it, it was was it, a
0: thing of the time. Yeah. It, Horrible. It's crazy. Yeah. Nuts. That's That story is so crazy, too, because it wasn't really that long ago.
1: No, no, <laughs> no, it wasn't.
0: I mean, the 90s, we were both alive.
1: I mean, right. The, I mean, the murder was in 85. I mean, that was I was a year old. So, I mean, yeah, it was not that I was long al- ago. I was almost thought of.
0: <laughs> I was almost there. Almost. Almost. Not quite. Almost, though. Yeah. Nuts. That's just the beginning of the counterculture stuff that we're going to talk about. There's so many more things that we're going to talk about as far as counterculture goes. I'm excited to talk about anime and cosplay not because i do it but because i have so many friends that are into it and it's so in depth the the links that people go to to get their outfits right to make sure that you know they their different types of foam prosthetics or other prosthetics or whatever are of the character that they're trying to portray the whole con culture in general not just uh, anime conventions but comic con and you know the trekkies and all that other stuff i'm really excited to talk about that because
1: well now there's like true crime con and like you don't know I mean? all the cons there's lexicon which is like lgbtq i mean there's tons now i mean it's tons it's crazy it's, yeah i'm like, so excited to hear about it for sure
0: yep and uh with that there's a lot we're not going to talk about though because You could go down the sub sub hole, the the subby sub hole for days and weeks and months and you'll never, you'll never get, you'll never get to the bottom. There's so many branches of this. There's so many roots of the sub culture tree. For sure. It's nuts. And we're not going to get into all of it, but we will dabble from time to time because they're very, they're much more interesting than reading a couple sentences on the internet.
1: I think we're definitely going to hit on a few uh, culture aspects that maybe that's a a shock factor for at least one of us. You know what I mean? Like, like you knew nothing really. I mean, other than bases about like the deadheads. I know nothing about anime. So, you know, it's this is going to be fun. It's going to be a a fun road to go down for sure.
0: And the the best part about it is I get to interview some of my friends. I'm excited
1: to hear this because I know. Yeah,
0: they're excited to like nerd out about something that they're passionate about. And anytime I get to talk to someone about something that they're passionate about, it like lights a fire in me, like oh Absolutely. no, I need to I need Absolutely. to look it up and see. And speaking of friends, I know there's a lot of friends out there that are fans of our Facebook page and Instagram and our Facebook group. So Facebook.com slash dramatic illusion podcast, Instagram at the Dramatic Illusion Podcast. Also Tuesdays Speakeasy. It's our group from Facebook. They're great. They're just starting, but hey, you know what? We all got to start somewhere. So
1: much movement, though. I love it. Thank you guys for, uh, for coming in there and, and checking in. We love it.
0: Yeah. So excited.
1: I get so excited when I get that notification, for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. Any, um, any people who were Grateful Dead followers that want to tell us our, their stories? Dramatic. Abs- yeah. Yep. Dramatic Illusion Podcast at gmail.com. Tell us your, you know, hippie stories. Tell us about following bands or having a, a crush on a band member or meeting a band backstage or something, something to that effect. Cause I would really like to hear something like that.
1: Right. Maybe we'll bring you on yeah. an episode. We want to hear that. Heck, like,
0: heck yeah. come on.
1: We're here for the listener stories for sure.
0: Yes. And then last but not least, we have donations and subscriptions. Patreon.com slash Dramatic Illusion Podcast. I promise we will get more stuff on there. Little snippets, little murder minis, little little something-something episodes, something to quench your little taste buds until the next time. And then paypal.me slash Dramatic Illusion Pod. That's just for one-time donations. If you want to, you know, you got your stimmy, that stimmy hit, you want to toss us a few change, you know, some pennies, some quarters, some nickels, some dimes. Anything helps. Maybe, you know, we might soundproof a studio one of these days. (laughs) Actually, you won't hear the traffic in the background. But, you know, that's life.
1: Or the um jar. There's always the um jar.
0: The um jar, yes. We might start an um jar.
1: Amanda says a lot of ums that it takes a lot of time for Lorraine to uh, edit those out. So she said that we're going to have to start throwing some change in the um jar to give her tips. She needs tips, man. My, yes. So if you start hearing a little cha ching noise or a clink clink,
0: it's the um jar.
1: That's the um jar. We need some. We need some tips in that um jar, cause a bitch is over here working. It's true, and a bitch is over here ruining life. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's just be
0: honest. Yes, absolutely. And with that being said, don't forget to be original, stay dramatic, and as always, we'll, we'll see you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. We got a few of these Throwback Thursday episodes we're going to release for you guys because why not? And I can't wait to show you the rest of our uh, previous episodes from our previous podcast. But you know what? I'm going to keep it short. I'm going to keep it sweet and simple. We'll see you next Tuesday.